Hey everybody, this is Josh Coe. I'm the executive director of Collaboration SF and one of the producers of this podcast. And I'm here along with Long and Michelle. What's up, guys? Hey, everyone. How's it going? Welcome to season two of Golden Great. And Long, as the host for season one, do you want to just start setting us up? Yeah, so we've been working on the segue to season two and how to make it better and we wanted to come up with a theme and we had a theme of the slur go back to you came from and we had the idea because it's always been something said to us and while we're still in hiatus working on this you know the time has lapsed and there was a pandemic that happened that started in china and came over to oh was there yes there was i hadn't i hadn't heard and so now we're in the middle of being quarantined, and right now, no matter who you are, no matter what income you are, no matter what race, you are immediately affected. No person in the world um, is safe. And right now, like no matter who you are, like you literally can't run to another country and like hide from it. Like everyone has to be quarantined. Yeah, I mean, I know long for you that particular slur. Go back where you come from like there's a specific incident that you've gone through oh yeah so you know for me uh this is a couple years ago when i was in seattle um a cop came out of squad car and he like told me to pick something up and i didn't know what it was and finally he just blurted out go back to your alley and you know that how sure that was for him to even say that that doesn't even make any sense and luckily my friend he's african-american he's always had something like that happen to him and he just blurs back it's like what do you mean go back to africa and then the cop pulled back and we were able to get out of the situation yeah long when you were telling me that story earlier i was just also trying to think through like the logic of that because already like going back where you come from, like it's ridiculous like i so specific like how do you even live in an out anyways but anyways like that's that's our theme this year um spe- not the slur but go back where we came from and as we were thinking about that name months ago, I don't think we had any idea of how relevant it ended up being. Um, obviously, there's a long history in this country of how Asian Americans have been othered. Um, the Gold Rush, uh, which is one of the influences for the name of this podcast, um, and the first big rush of Asian Americans coming over, there's all of a sudden this idea that we are always supposed to be the foreigner that we don't belong um, because they were seen as a threat to the economic status of a lot of the working class folks in America. And so as we're thinking about that now in that greater history, we also wanted to explore not just how our cultural histories have influenced and inspired us, um, but we wanted to explore how where we truly have come from because I I have never been to China and yet I know that that is a part of the way that people will see me and look at me and what we wanted to do this season was to explore how not just our cultural history but how our family histories our personal histories how all of that has really shaped um, our artistry and craft and so this season we want to feature conversations with the collab staff as well as artists and creatives um, within our, our collab family um, and beyond that are really thinking through these questions of how 
um, their pasts are shaping their present work. And I know that Michelle has been thinking a lot about how to how to really word and come up with that theme. Michelle, you want to share some of your your process and thinking that through? Yeah. So go back where we came from is a twist on the racial slur. Um, it's kind of our attempt to take something that's negative, that's been thrown upon so many Asian Americans, and to use it instead as a tool for empowerment and introspection. So instead of passively accepting blurred identities, we want to actively go and retrace our roots of who we are. Uh, where looking back is an act of progressive healing. Where uh, looking into our own stories, our personal stories, our family stories, our culture stories um, helps open our eyes to who we are and to feel a sense of pride in that. Yeah, like I think we can find healing in being able to reclaim our true roots and not the ones that are bestowed upon people who assume where we're supposed to come from based on how we look like and uh, to take ownership of what that means and to go back where we came from it it can mean really dealing with some unpleasant um, sad stuff Um, I know for me just being stuck uh, in shelter in place those first two weeks in self-quarantine because I'd recently traveled um, I think all of all of this is bringing up a lot of stuff about us that's hard to deal with. And I think our goal is just to really take a positive look at that and that when we when we truly are able to understand where we come from, we're able to understand where we want to go. And, um, you know, I think just want to tie that back to this new reality that we're living in because, as you guys are well aware, um, we are not recording this um, from the comfort of our normal recording locations. Um, I'm in the East Bay along with Michelle and Long is over in SF and we're all in different locations, safely uh, social distancing. Um, how are you guys doing? Okay. I know Michelle, I saw some dope stuff on your Instagram recently. How have you been? I'm doing okay out here in Oakland. Um, I also recently just traveled. Uh, I was traveling in February. Um, so I was in the Philippines and everything was coming out about COVID. I got back home. I was quarantined for two weeks and I was good. Um, so I'm healthy. I'm safe. Um, I'm blessed for all of those things. Um, but I think the quarantine has really made me value like the time that I have in anybody, um, whether it's virtual or whether it's like, you know, seeing each other through the fence. Um, yeah, like when I came from the Philippines, I was just like, yeah, I don't know when I'm going to see y'all again. And it's just like, it's heartbreaking in a way because it's like, you don't know when you're going to physically see them, but like, it makes you cherish that time that you have with them that much more. And so, yeah, so everyone's been home. Um, and with the introvert that I am, I get a little angsty. I'm just like, oh, I don't have enough time to myself anymore. Like other other folks are like, wow, I love this time to myself. And I'm just like, wait, I have a lot of roommates and stuff, so I don't have that much time to myself. But I've been finding a lot of like solace in gardening um, right outside our apartment. And it's kind of been nice because like 
there's a lot of folks in my complex, um, all my neighbors and stuff that I didn't really get to know. But since we're all home, we kind of see each other more often. They comment on my garden. I give them some stuff from the garden. And it's just like really nice. It's really nice to feel a sense of community in the midst of all of this. So, um, yeah, I'm just really glad to be able to do something like this podcast where we can still interact with each other, even though it's virtual. Yeah, I think once again, just kind of touching on that aspect of being able to find some sense of healing and togetherness um, through this really dark time. Um, So we're so glad to have you kind of sitting and listening with us um, as we kind of go through this journey together. Definitely not the season of Golden Great that we imagined, but here we are. And we got to mention the elephant in the room of the huge uptick of anti-Asian racism, explicit acts of discrimination that we've been seeing. Um, Guys, one stat that I was looking at earlier before we were about to record, uh, the Stop Asian Hate Reporting Center received almost 1,500 reports of COVID discrimination, and almost 60% were from California, New York, and came from like 46 different states. Kind of crazy. I don't know how have you guys been handling that and seeing that on you know your social media feeds and even from people that you know long a lot of the writers that i've covered and worked with and it sucks to see it happen to them directly indirectly i look up to them creatively and now i can't and so i have to look at it in a frame of me going through the recession and trying to find creativity and find ways to make a living these times of peril. And since I've mentally been through it, I'm okay. It's just hard to see other people um, going through this, especially when I'm trying to build my craft of storytelling and writing and even podcasting where no one knows what's going to happen in the future. So um, I'm trying my best to navigate this with my experience but also have an open ear to make sure that um i'm listening to other people as well too because it takes patience some people don't have the vocabulary to navigate what's going on and takes patience yeah and i think when it comes to thinking about how to how to express how to channel what we're all feeling right now i know that i was trying to think about collaboration sf with COVID 19 and how are we going to fit into all of this? I was like, how, how does what we do? And, you know, like we do workshops and showcases and we want to su- support and uplift Asian American artists. Like how does that apply to right now? And for me, it took looking back to our, our mission um, to really see how the work that we do continues to be important and even more resonant right now. And so, you know, if you're new and you've never really heard about what we are, um, we are the San Francisco chapter of a national nonprofit organization, Collaboration. This is, yeah, this is going to be our 10th anniversary. And I think how we really fit in, in this age that we're all living in right now, is to continue to celebrate API artists, um, to create online spaces, um, to, tell, to tell our community stories. Like that's what this podcast and all of the other um, stories that we'll be releasing on our social media feed are really for um, to get to know just the vast diversity of this community. Um, earlier, Michelle Long and I 
uh, and the rest of the exec team with Collab, we were having a big discussion over what, how to name this month that we're living through right now. Um, there's a lot of different ways, whether it's like API Heritage Month, there's Asian Pacific American Heritage Month, there's Asian Pacific Islander Desi American Heritage. There's so many different pronunciations for even just how to frame a month that celebrates our community. And I think it just really gets at how diverse still and difficult it is to find and make sure that we are inclusive of each other's stories. And so as Collab, we want to do that. Michelle, uh, do you want to talk about some of the awesome things that we have going on this month for, uh, for, for Asian, yeah, for, for the month of May? Uh, for the month of May, which is also Asian Pacific Islander Desi Heritage Month, I got it, uh, PEDUM, we've got a lot of things going on for collab, uh, kind of creating spaces for Asian Americans to share their creativity, we're doing a lot of virtual things um, over the years, um, a lot of ways for us to support Asian Americans in the, entertain in, in the entertainment industry is uh, promoting their work through our social platforms. And so uh, we're promoting APDA musicians through uh, Hashtag Music Mondays, which is um, a curated Spotify playlist that changes every week according to genre. So find us on Spotify, bit.ly slash ksf spotify um, you can find a bunch of our playlists there and um, we're also doing hashtag collab at home which is a way for us to kind of encourage folks to stay home to stay safe to stay healthy um, and we're doing a lot of uh, live streams where you can uh, be entertained by a lot of talented performers within our community um, right now we're having uh, live stream virtual concerts on our ig live so catch us on Instagram at collabsf, collab with a K, on Thursdays at 7.30 p.m. We've also got um, hashtag collab creatives, which is um, a way for us to kind of accept submissions from any APDA uh, creatives out there. Um, we're looking for folks to promote their content during this time um, because I know a lot of artists are affected by the COVID situation. Um, and so we want to find a way to support a community. And it's not just open to like just musicians or whatever, like it's open to um, culinary artists, and, like businesses as well. Um, anyone who kind of wants that support right now, feel free to submit at bit.ly slash collab creatives. Yeah, lastly, I just wanted to touch on how the podcast is going to look a little different this year. Um, What's going to happen is that I'll be narrating. I'll be welcoming you to every theme or story this year and then getting out of the way. I think today you'll be hearing a little more from me, uh, just hearing about the theme and interviewing today's guests. But normally my job is just to welcome y'all and then move on. Yeah, you'll still be hearing from me and Elsa all season, but not necessarily the same format this year. You'll get to spend more time with us and to get to know our talented staff. We'll be stopping by. Yeah, so every episode is going to revolve around a topic related to our theme for this year of going back where we came from, um, and using more of a variety show kind of format. We'll have interviews, narrative pieces sometimes, staff conversations, and more to explore different aspects of that topic. And so today we just really wanted to explore how we are thinking about creativity um, during this COVID-19 crisis. And I know that long you've been thinking about that especially um, in your writing. Um, what have you found about the um, immigrant story that really speaks to you about this moment? 
everyone is going through some sort of traumatic what to do now because they can't see the future. And a lot of that is very similar to the migratory grief, which there's actually research upon this. And, you know, it's interesting that my immigration story is always about people going to the promised land of America. But does that story exist if you take away the promised land where everyone's affected, right? Um, we've always made the immigrant story the, like, going to the promised land as you're the inferior person going to the promised land as, you know, expats, Americans can go to somewhere else and looked as above, but there's nowhere safe, right? So every type of person is going through some sort of migratory trauma of symbolic loss of community, um, safety, some jobs, even like their sign of wealth of not even able to travel and go or go on vacations and stuff. And that's what I'm going through with my research right now. Yeah, and, and so as we're kind of exploring that trauma, we're also seeing what it's drawing up in us and how we're able to express that. And so I just want to turn things over to our guest friend. She's also our staff development director. Kat Damien's going to introduce our guest for today. He's a singer-songwriter born and raised in San Jose, California, who just released his first single, Late Night Love, available now on all streaming platforms. He's also the founder of B-Dub's Open Mic, which launched in 2017 and gives musicians a chance to perform and connect every month, which was previously held at Factory Tea Bar in Fremont before quarantine. Ever since then, he's moved his open mics to live streams on Instagram until it's safe to have in-person shows again. So here we have Josh checking in with my talented friend, Brian Dublin. Okay, cool. So I'm here with Brian Dublin. How's it going, Brian? What's up? It's going well. It's pretty chill today. Uh, I'm having a good day. <laughs> no, it's, it's good to see you. I think the last time I saw you was like your release party, which now feels like... A forever ago. Well, yeah, it's been, it's yeah. been some time. It's been, it was in January. It's May now. Oh my gosh, it's May now. <laughs> Yeah, that is right. That's the last time I saw you in person at my release party in January. Or actually, that was February 1st. Yeah, still a couple months back. It's it's just all like the before time. <laughs> yes, the before time. Yes, before quarantine, BQ. I know that you kind of got your start listening to a ton of Jeremy Passion on MySpace, <laughs> getting into the whole like... Wow, that's so specific. I love I can tell you did your research. <laughs> what? I, I didn't even know your name before today. <laughs> wow. Uh, I just wanted to know about like that early part of discovering your love for songwriting because like all of us sure. kind of grew up in that zone, right? With like, mm -hmm. I just want to know if you have any memories of that moment of jumping from love this music um i want to like jump into it to actually writing that first lyric that first song mm -hmm. what was that like for you <sighs> well i mean like with everyone it first started off with just like being inspired to do covers um and then that kind of like inspired me to like learn instruments and then like learn guitar and like kind of practice singing and stuff but um i think like you mentioned i, I like discovered jeremy Pasha's music on myspace <laughs> oh that really dates me I guess but um um what was he saying uh so yeah so like I was really inspired by Jeremy's music when I just really identified with him as like a fellow uh Bay Area Filipino American musician and I was like wow this guy's killing it like he's doing he's doing it and I feel like I really identified with him I was like wow why can't I do that too and so um 
I I think in terms of songwriting, like first I was just really inspired by his songwriting. Like it was for the first time I listened to his music, and I was like, I could I, I found music that I could really resonate with in terms of like being able to relate to it. And so I was like, wow, this is cool. Like I want to be able to do that too. And eventually, it just kind of ended up. I just ended up like writing a song. And I was really excited. It was my like first time, like write, trying to write something and actually finishing. Cause like, if you don't, if like, if you're not in it, like as a songwriter, like a lot of people don't know, like songwriting is you don't you you end up with a lot of songs that don't get finished. Um, so I I went through that. Like I have a whole graveyard. I still have a whole graveyard of half finished songs. But um, the first time I sh- I finished a song, I posted it on YouTube, and. Um, because Jeremy was like my like it's the reason why I got into songwriting I, I like found a way to show it to him um, because he used to do it's funny he used to do live streams on a website called blog TV um, and that's like that's like OG like musician live streams and I remember I was like a regular in his shows and I like I like DM'd him during the show and I was like hey I wrote this song um, I'd love for you to listen to it like you're the reason why I learned I like got into songwriting while I learned guitar and like he listened to it and he like he was like can I call you and I was like what <laughs> and uh oh he like talked he like talked to me about it and like because he had he like I'm such a fanboy like I would go to every single show he had in the Bay Area so he was familiar with me because of that and so he was like he was like wow I've known you were like this like just really nice guy that comes to support but now I, I didn't know you also sing and you're a musician and like that was the first time I kind of connected with him on that level. And like, after that, it's just like, wow, I love, I love doing this. Like, this is so fun. And to also just get like validation from someone who I was really inspired by. Um, that was like the first time I really put myself out there, like as a songwriter and like to have that experience, it really launched everything for me. I mean, that's just so special to have, like, not just that validation, but like the encouragement, like that. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Got this from like the person who, like started the whole creative process for you that's crazy exactly exactly that i think that's i wow i'm like realizing that as i say it i was like wow that's true like that's really a a big reason why that pushed me so much you know like you know he shared it on his twitter and like really 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 encouraged me and highlighted me and that was really fun like that was really a cool experience to like open myself up that way and be like i really want to show this person that inspired me and to have them respond so positively really pushed me forward and kept me wanting to do it more and to like continue to emulate what he was doing yeah and I mean also I feel like from just like seeing his videos like we kind of always knew that like he was cool but like seeing another example of like Mm -hmm. how how like big and how often like a lot of our like early heroes like are still giving back oh yeah that's super dope Mm -hmm. um I I would love to hear about uh your open mic um because that's yeah thing and obviously it's it's blown up on instagram now but (laughs) i know it's been going for a while could you tell me about what that is for um folks out there listening who don't know what your uh, b-dubs open mic is um how it got started how it got launched all that good stuff sure so uh i guess for starters if you don't know what an open mic is it's essentially a community event um where anyone who is uh a performer of any type, whether it's musician or a singer, stand-up, poet, whatever, if you have a performing art in your system, in your blood, um, you can sign up for an open mic. Uh, sometimes they're, they're themed, um, but generally it's just an opportunity for an up-and-coming performer to sign up for a slot to perform on stage. Um, and 
that's actually it's it, open mics always have had like uh, a big special place in my heart because you know in high school I was I was do all the events that I could and um, I would perform at the town shows I would I was the dude who sing the national anthem at, like all the sports and events and rallies yes and then <laughs> after high school I was like all of that was gone it's like I didn't know how to get gigs anymore I didn't know what was I going to do? I mean, obviously, like, you know, go, going on to college, I could do stuff, but I was kind of in a weird limbo in that time. I was like, I didn't know what my outlet was or how to continue performing. And then a friend told me um, to try out an open mic. And there was happened to be one, like, in my area in San Jose that happened every week. And, like, after that, I just became, like, an open mic rat. <laughs> like, I would go to every single open mic. My friends and I would all go. Um, and that kind of launched a, a lot for me because one, I made a lot of friends just being in the San Jose music scene and the open mics circuit. Um, but two, like it like helped me network and that like performing at open mics led me to getting gigs other places because someone would see me perform at open mic and then their college happens to be doing some kind of event and they think of me and then that's how I started to get booked for like colleges and like other events around the Bay Area. And right. so that's like how I really got comfortable on stage and got myself out there. And so uh, eventually like my friends and I, like we just wanted to host our own open mics because we just, we just love um, how much it brings us together. Like in, in terms of just our friend group, like it's that time where we can all just go out, go come together and jam and perform and share our talents and meet other musicians. And we always love that about open mics. So like it, it, we naturally started to do our own. And then over the years, it kind of, like slowed down and then like no one was doing it anymore and I was like the only one doing it um and then uh when I, I used to work at a, a boba shop in San Jose I worked on their marketing team and one of my side projects was I would host open mics at one of their stores and that's kind of where my kind of own personal open mic happened where I was just hosted by me um and then after I left Jazz and Tea um I just was like, well, I still want to do open mics, but I can't call it Jazz and Tea open mic anymore because I don't work for them. Um, and that's that was in 2017. That's and I I started B Dubs open mic, which is my nickname, Brian Dublin, B Dubs. And so, um, yeah, it's crazy. That's one of the things that tripped me out um, when Shelter in Place happened was I realized since 2017, like I haven't I like there's only been a few times that I had to like not do an open mic but for the most part say for a couple like instances I'd had been doing an open mic every month since 2017 and it like really made me sad that like I couldn't continue them because obviously I you know I built up this community of like people like that had regulars who would come every month and like I was like wait like I you know <laughs> I like I usually have them in like a boba shop and like that that place fills up really quickly, you know? And so I was like, this is, there's no way that this is safe, you know? So even before shelter in place, I was like, I'm going to need to cancel this because we're not going to be able to do it safely for a long time. And so like I shut down the open mic um, and like for the first few weeks, I was like, I don't know what to do. I was sad. And then um, that's, and then during shelter in place, that's when kind of like the, um, just like the flurry of like, of people using Instagram live, more often came about and I went to Dumbfounded's Instagram and he was just bringing in random people and talking to them asking them how they were doing and how they were in different parts of the world um, and asking them you know how how the pandemic has been 
affecting them. And I was like, it clicked in my head. I was like, that would be a really cool way to bring in performers. Like I could be, you know, I could just be the host like he was. And then the people who I bring on would be my performers. And so that's kind of how um, I was able to think of how to transition uh, my open mic into an open mic live stream on Instagram. And it's like, it's been awesome. <laughs> like, it's been great. Like, yeah, because like, I remember the, after the first, because I announced it on Instagram that I was shutting them down. And then like, maybe like a week later, someone was like, oh, you should like turn it into a live stream. And I was like, that would be cool. I just need to figure out how to do it. And then when I was, when it clicked in my head and I was watching that, that uh, uh, dumbfounded Instagram live stream, I was like, oh, I could do it this way. And then everything like gear started turning i started creating graphics i started creating the marketing i like reset up the sign up uh form on my website and then i just started started doing it um i didn't know how often i was gonna do it at first i was like let's try this out and then i did it for two weeks and then after that i was like okay i'm just gonna do this every week and then every time and then i i do like a month at a time and then every time shelter in place will get extended i'll just add more dates <laughs> <laughs> but um but it's been it's been really cool because like uh, you know normally in my in person live uh, shows um, it would attract people from all over the Bay Area but like it being a live stream now like I'll get people from all around the world like wow. I had a friend from Japan perform because like, it was like one p.m. his time seven o'clock our time and then I had a dude this dude from Barcelona was coming in like he came in like four weeks in a row and it's like five a.m. his time. And, he's just like ready he, to go yeah because like, I, I like we were like we're friends on instagram and like he heard about my open mic and he's just been like he like for four weeks he came in every every week and like i was like dude it's like 5 a.m where you are like thanks for coming in you know <laughs> um i've got people from daily city some people from reno um some from sacramento it's it's been really really cool because it's like it's i'm getting uh, it's pushed me to really change my how I market the show too, because now it's like really for anyone if they're willing to come, you know, and the time that it's streaming. And so, yeah, yeah, it's been really great. And I think one of the big reasons why I was so excited to do it and to continue was one, one was of course I was getting over just being sad that I had to kind of shut it down. And then I was excited to find a way to keep it going. But two, I know, especially in the beginning, like a lot of my friends who are performers, like they had gigs that were coming up, they had sets that they had ready, and then all of a sudden everything, all of their events were canceled and they just, just had like this like they just had like this material that they never got to perform and like yeah. I've had a couple of the performers like in the first first week and first two weeks, like they tell me like, Wow, thank you for doing this. You know, I, I really wanted to perform this and I didn't get a chance to until now. And so I like it really clicked in my head. I was like, wow, this is really needed right now. Cause it's like one, we all need a distraction. And two, like performers and artists like are looking for ways to to continue to perform and to continue to share their art. And so it's been it's been really rewarding to know that um I've been able to continue to do that. Um because I, I I me myself as a performer, it's been I've I've been really sad about that not being able to do live shows but it's fun because like you know I've done other live streams apart, aside from my show where like you know you can actually still you can like get dressed up and like you know like like it's a real like in-person show and like you get creative with your setup and stuff like that and so um it's been a great way to kind of like deal with being a performer and a musician while you're all we're all stuck at home yeah I I I love what you've been able to do um with open mic on on Instagram right now and I just want to know what performing has been like for you. Of uh, do you kind of like that that sense of like I don't know? It's a little more intimacy, like coming to you live from like my house, <laughs> right? Like 
Yeah, it's fun. It's interesting. Um, it's adjust. It's an adjustment for sure. Because like you know, nothing can replace like the energy of like a live audience. Like having that immediate feedback of like someone applauding or like screaming or you know cheering you on. Um, it's like having that being replaced by silence and like words on the screen is like really really <laughs> different. Like like you're kind of having to manage your your energy by learning to be excited about emoji on the screen. Thanks um, for all the hearts. You know, like, like, like you like, Yeah, even as as a as a host, like I, when I host my open mics, I'm always I'm like, oh, like make some noise for this person. But and like the first, even now, I'm still like make some noise. Uh, throw throw some emoji in the chat like yeah so like it's been an adjustment but you know it's it's nice it's nice to um it's it's just nice that you know we can do it um even though it's it's a little weird at times like i know as a musician it's it's a little bit you know easier but i know like for uh certain performers who like really rely on the energy from the audience like um stand up stand up comedy com- comedy wow i can't even talk it's like stand up comedians like i've had a few that have come into the live stream and it's like really weird for them because oh, like because usually they like you know have like a pretty much like a conversation with the audience like they're re- we're vibing off of their reactions and kind of building on that but it's like how do you do that when there's no there's no sounds all you hear all you see is words you know it's like, like how, how do you, long do you pause exactly how do you for pause every for laughter line. and, a, and pause when yeah when there's when they're you can't hear them yeah, yeah and like and so um it's it's been tough but it's a weird transition but i think honestly like i was i was having a conversation about this too like we're we're kind of in an age where we're we're actually really fortunate to have the technology that we have to kind of thrive through this because you know um the last time this happened in 1918 with the influenza like they didn't have social media they didn't have like you know clear lines of communication like, how do they how did how did they inform the public on social distancing or enforcing that stuff how did they tell them like the latest and so it's like um how did how did they like learn about like what to do and so and how do they stay connected with people so it's been nice to know that we have this stuff to actually continue to do this even though we're stuck at home yeah i mean i've been having conversations with folks who are just like if this had happened even like five ten years ago like we, we probably couldn't even do zoom we'd be like i don't know i, yeah. I guess we could just do Seriously. phone calls and we can't do group phone calls back in 2015 well, right, right 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 yeah it's like it's crazy because like yeah it's like i mean even even just like going on zoom with my friends like i remember the first time we did it it was like maybe a week or two into it and i was like this is nice like it's not the same exactly but it's still like you still kind of can feel like you're hanging out with them and like getting to vibe off and laugh with each other like you know i think last week we had we had like a zoom party for my friend's birthday and like it was really fun like like we felt it felt like we were hanging out and like you know that's something we really couldn't have gotten if we didn't have the technology to do so um so i think that's what's what's been really helpful that's awesome um yeah i wanted to switch gears a little bit um and just talk about your own personal creative process uh, sure during the past couple weeks uh i just wanted to play the song that you wrote i think it it, it was the that it was that first week right of shelter yeah yeah Okay, so this is quarantine, and the beat is by who's the beat? By? GC GC Beats. Yeah. 
distressing about these things happening in the world. So I should stay. Yeah, so I, I just love the song, um, but just curious about like what it what it has been like to be an artist, to be a creative right now, um, because I know there's also just that anxiety and stress that we're all kind of living through of wanting to care for our loved ones. I'm like, how, mm -hmm. are, you, how are your parents doing? How's your family doing? Um, honestly, my, my parents have been really good. Um, starting out, it was really scary. Like literally, okay, it was, I think the first week was the roughest because it was, it was a transition and then I was at home and I was trying to figure things out. Like, I think the first day I was in shelter place was, I think this March 16th or 17th. It was a Tuesday. Yeah. And that Thursday I woke up and I went to go greet my parents and my mom was like, stay away from me. I'm like getting sick. Like, don't get too close. Like, I don't feel good. And I was like, what? <laughs> and, like, I was freaking out. I was like, oh my God. And then like, I like, I was like, it was like, you know, my mind was going crazy. You know, you're seeing all the numbers, like, especially that when it first started, like the news, the headlines, everything was really like high anxiety and just like seeing all of like the negative things that were happening. And so like, uh that was scary like and i ended up reaching out to like a lot of my friends who are nurses and um they helped me kind of like figure out her symptoms and all that stuff and thankfully it was just like a, like a regular like cold and she like slept it off and like was fine the next day and she's been fine since oh, um nice. but yeah <laughs> thankfully um but like yeah it's been it's been crazy like i've been really like my my parents and i joke with each other because like i I've been kind of like being a parent because like I like I told them they were grounded. I was like, you can't go anywhere. Um, like I've been doing like all of the groceries and like yeah. all the laundry and like making sure they stay home as much as possible. I mean, there have been times where, you know, they did have to leave and do things themselves that I couldn't help them with. But um, for the most part, like it's just been just been kind of um, for me, I've been like just really trying to like find the right information in terms of how to like be safe and stuff like that so that I can kind of relay that to them because then you know that way I can kind of be uh, have a more peace of mind knowing that they know how to protect themselves too if I can't be there yeah. uh, and just reminding them like wear your mask and like, if you have to leave and you know wash your hands all the time don't touch your face like I kept telling them don't touch your face like and then don't touch your mask and then you like girl like <laughs> so um but I mean uh, the silver lining and all that is that like I've it's been really nice to be able to like spend so much time with my parents like having a lot of like just time to actually eat at the dinner table with each other has been really nice yeah um you know when I work um I usually don't get home till like five o'clock six o'clock sometimes not even till later because I have things after work and so like breakfast and lunch like I'm having by myself at work or with my coworkers and like um so it's been nice to have so many so, uh, time to like actually eat with them because then even when I get home like we don't always get to eat together uh, at the dinner table so we've been able to do that like every day so that's been really nice um, just not even as an artist but just like as a person like it's been a nice transition into in that um, regard um, but did you did you have a specific question about how, how it was like for creatives yeah no I mean I mean that's really special um and that you've been able to be a yeah. good son and public health advocate but yes <laughs> i'm just wondering like what else has been like in your mind like in this season right now like as 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 you're starting to write more and like do your thing like obviously creativity looks different today than it did two months ago right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so how do you feel like that's changed for you um What's been interesting is like, is 
because I'm home a lot and because I work from home, I like I'm able to like actually manage my time differently since I'm not actually at work all day. Like I can like get some work stuff done and then just change into my own stuff. And what's happened is that like I've actually been able to like spend a lot more time on the projects that I've kind of been like on the shelf for a while like yeah you know there's like you know videos i've been wanting to make that i can actually work on now or or music i wanted to work on that i can work on now and like i i, I like vlogged a lot last year and got i was able to edit none of them like and so <laughs> it's been it's been interesting now too because like in that regard like now i have all these this footage from last summer and last year just being out with my friends and different things that i've done it's like and now it's kind of bittersweet because like i'll finish a video from like something we did last summer and be like oh i miss doing this with you guys like <laughs> um but um yeah i think for the most part it's like it's it's changed in that I have more time to actually do things that I didn't have time for before. And, and two, it's changed in that I've had to kind of learn new ways to do things since I'm like just at home, like, into, like, you know, collabing with another uh, friend or artist on a track, like is different. Cause like, I can't just go in and record with them. Like I have to learn how to like record it myself and send it over and like, and then having to do that all remotely. So um, it's been kind of a learning process, but, um it's been I think it's been really interesting because I feel like I feel like coming out of it like all, all of us collectively like have been learning so much that we can do like in this way like remotely and mm -hmm. like now coming out of it out of like shelter in place and quarantine I feel like we could take a lot of this and implement it in the future and like like that goes to that goes the same with like my open mics like for sure after after shelter in place is over i'm still going to do these live streams because like simply because of the fact that like it's i'm able to get people who are from far away who can't make it to the barrier and so um it's it's also forced me to really uh because i have so much time to work on this stuff like i've i've like you know uh become more efficient with like 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 task management and just like organizing my time um and and after like having a month of just like having a crazy sleep schedule to actually trying to carve out like structure it's been really it helped me actually be more uh, intentional with my creativity like yeah. actually like blocking out time with like um just like productivity apps and just scheduling stuff and and like actually um giving myself some sort of like structure to how i accomplish things rather than like try to work on something and then two weeks go by and i haven't done anything you know <laughs> um it's because like really it can really time can really get ahead away from you and, and like right now when you're at home all the time and it's kind of like 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 i remember the first month like blaze were like days were like blending together like i'll text a friend and then like we'll talk about something and then two weeks will go by and we'll be like oh my gosh that was two weeks ago like how did how did that go by so fast and i've learned that like you know if you really track your time and schedule things then it you can you can fight off that things getting out of uh, your hands and stuff like that. So um, it's been an interesting experience. I feel like I've learned a lot. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think it's super inspiring to hear about how you've been able to take a little more control over the endless stream of Mondays. And <laughs> yes. decide that like, I want to take this time to be creative. Um, I don't know, I think one of my takeaways from this conversation is from from knowing you and like seeing you interact with people and then hearing more today about how B Dubs Open Mic got started and like all of that and just hearing more about your creative process, like mm -hmm. seeing the way that like 
all the way back years ago, like Jeremy Passion and the way that like he gave back to you and to see like you giving back to like to me and like so many of us mm. is something really special. And I just really appreciate you. Um, uh, thanks. That's cool yeah. that you said that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Just so glad we got to learn a little bit more about how that all went down. Um, mm. Obviously I'm sad that I can't see you in person, but thanks for making time. I think the last of thing course. I just, just asked you is if you have advice, encouragement to just all types of creatives who are maybe struggling in this kind of environment right now, what would you tell them? Honestly, I think um, one thing I've seen is that I feel like there's been like a pressure to actually be productive in this time and to like really take advantage of it. But I feel like, I don't, I don't think we should necessarily do that. Like, I feel like you have to really focus on what energizes you right now, because it's like, if you feel like you're forcing yourself to be productive and do things, but it's not, serving you in a way that it fulfills me like you shouldn't be doing it like you should give yourself like that time it's like okay I don't have to pressure myself to do this right now like there's no rule that says I have to be more creative and be more a thing if if like you really in your heart just want to like just chill in your room and and kind of like de-stress because like you know everyone has a different situation you know some creatives like lost their jobs you know some creatives are really struggling because they're you're they're all of their forms of income are are available to them because of shelter in place and i think um just as a creative just just con- like obviously yeah i think if, if you feel compelled to like use your art to like make a difference or 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 express yourself like definitely go for it but um i wouldn't say that you're you're really uh you have an obligation to do that right now because um, everyone can manages things differently. And so um, the best, the most important thing obviously is to just take care of yourself and take care of your family. And if like your mental health and just your health overall is improved by you being more productive or, or being a little bit more lazy and just more relaxed, like just really focus on self-care and, and doing what, what fulfills you and what energizes you. And like, if that, if that is just, scheduling more time to talk to your friends or 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 again like if it, if it is your work and your art that does that for you then that you should do it i love that um thank you for just sharing all your positivity your light um with the collab family We're happy to been having you the past couple of years and yeah thank you obviously. it's fun it's fun to get to know you guys because like i've been working with collab for a long time it's cool to always meet new collab members and including you and to continue to be a part of like what you guys do and that is going to do it for us today. You can find Brian Dublin on Instagram at Brian Dublin, at Brian Dubs, Brian D-U-B-Z on Twitter, and YouTube and Facebook by searching his name. You can sign up to perform for Brian's open mic by hitting up at B-Dubs on Instagram and looking for the link in bio, or just go to brian-dublin.com slash B-Dubs open mic. You can also just tune in every Friday night on Instagram Live at 7 p.m. PST at B-Dubs. Do you have a story in your circle of friends or community that explores how family, cultural, and personal histories are shaping artistry and identity? How are you going back where you came from? You can send questions, comments, and episode ideas our way gold and great at collaboration.org spelled all the way out collaboration spelled with a k this episode creativity during covid with brian dublin was mixed edited and co-produced by adrian chen 
Our associate producer is Michelle Abiera. Our supervising producer is Long Vo. And our executive producer is Josh Ko. Our beautiful theme song was composed by Robert Guh. And you can learn more about Bobby's work at bobbygemusic.com. We'd like to give special thanks this episode to Kat, Damien, Samya Manga, James Sung, and Tony Trin. I'm Josh Coe, and we'll see you in two weeks for more stories on the Golden Great. Let's have Brian play us out. Stream one of my 2020 jams, Late Night Love, is on Spotify right now. Add it to your playlist. Stay safe out there, and stay golden! Says the U.I.D. I'm trying to find me some.